Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week, I must ask the question that I personally have been going over with in my mind and spirit, and that question is, am I owed an apology? Are we owed an apology? The question being posed is not for the nation to apologize for slavery or racism. That time has come and gone. But it's for the way that Blacks and non-white races were ignored, slighted, and even disregarded during the past years of racial division, specifically in our own churches and in the body of Christ. Are we owed an apology? This question is not just for me personally, but for every Black and non-white member of interracial churches and ministries across this nation who were disrespected and ignored with the racism in this nation by white pastors and white Christian leadership who purposely put on blinders and pretended as though nothing was occurring. I must ask this question loudly on behalf of those who love their pastors, ministries, and fellow church members for years without question, even when choosing to consciously ignore all of the racial slights and insults. I must ask this question for those of us like David who fled from the places where he loved to worship the Lord his God, but because of the hatred, bitterness, and conflict, he had to leave those places and was no longer able to bask in that sweet fellowship with the Father. In the 42nd Division of Psalms, it reads David's words in the Message Bible, these are the things I go over and over, emptying out the pockets of my life. I was always at the head of the worshiping crowd, right out in front, leading them all, eager to arrive and worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving, celebrating all of us God's feast. I must ask how many black men and women are now sitting at home on Sundays instead of being eager to arrive and worship at a Sunday service? How many are now at home as opposed to the times when they were at the very front of those who were in worship and praise in the presence of God? Not necessarily on the praise team, although some were, but leading in praise at the forefront in the presence of God, giving him glory and honor through your pure praise and worship. If anyone was going to be in praise and worship, it was you. And no one had to pump or prime you up to get you there. You were at the forefront of those who worshiped and praised because that was and is where you are in the spirit. It was and is just who you are and it was what you were known and recognized for by all. But yet... No one has called from those places where they once worshiped to even solicit a response or suggest a meeting concerning your absence. They needn't ask the reason because they already know that it's because of racism, that big white elephant in the room that they've refused to acknowledge or address in any decent ongoing way for generations. And although as much as they say they loved you, 
Not one pastor or person in any major leadership position has contacted you and still there's only silence. Sometimes in life, heads butt, feelings get hurt, and relationships splinter. We know and understand that there are times that we must recognize when God is saying seasons have changed and it's time to move on. Yet, at the same time, even when seasons change, they can and should change amicably. They can transition without bitterness. The disagreements can be agreed to be disagreed upon, but at least give one the respect and honor of being heard as to why there's a disagreement in the first place. Give an individual the respect and allowing them to voice their hurts and opinions. Again, I must pose the question, are we, those of us who have left our interracial churches under our white pastors and leaderships, and even those who have remained in these churches, are we owed an apology? But some would query, why should anyone apologize to us when we were the ones to make the decision to leave? Well, first of all, because most of us left because of offense. But please understand, we were not just slightly offended, but literally insulted and injured beyond just mere anger to the degree of being hurt and wounded through racism without concern or comment from our white pastors and leadership. There was and still is such disrespect disdain, and a literal contempt for Black and non-white members of many churches in the body of Christ, and it was too much. It is too much to be ignored. And still the question remains, are we owed or are we due an apology? The Bible doesn't talk about apologies or being sorry except to say that sorrow leads to repentance. And without a doubt, we all realize that in order for sorrow to lead to repentance, there must be a true, deep, heartfelt sorrow to begin with. Obviously, in many of these interracial churches, there is no sorrow, at least not enough that would lead to a true repentance. Let me ask another question. Have you ever been in a relationship friendship, had a co-worker, or even family member who just refused to say that they were wrong even when it was obvious? They refused to admit that they were wrong, lying, or whatever, even when caught red-handed? Have you ever had to deal with someone who absolutely refused to accept their transgressions even when that sin is staring them blatantly in the face? Why is that? Perhaps it's the embarrassment or the humiliation of being confronted with their issues, especially when those same issues have been there for years, and that's when it becomes a matter of just being in denial. Maybe it's a situation where they have had to be so defensive for so long that they can't or just don't know how to admit when they're wrong. Refusing to accept responsibility for their offenses could be attributed 
to any number of things, pride, shame, even narcissism. But no matter what the reason, it shows that there is still not enough sorrow for their wrongs to bring about the repentance that's necessary. Very likely, this is the matter that's being faced by some in these interracial churches. Not all, but some. And for others, they just don't care. Another thing that the Bible doesn't speak an awful lot about is apologies in the sense of someone saying that they're sorry, which of course leads right back to repentance. Except for when people were repenting and saying they were sorry to the Father himself, very little, if anything, is spoken of someone apologizing to another individual. Even when Paul rebuked Peter in Galatians concerning his hypocrisy and racism, there was no apology spoken of that came from Peter. Yet I would believe that Peter was humbled by those words. However, what did come forth was conversation. Paul talked about the occurrence. He brought forth the wrong that was done and confronted it before everyone concerned, the Jews as well as the Gentiles. There was a conversation, a discussion. There was a heart-to-heart -heart dialogue that brought about change. This is what is needed in the body of Christ and what I and others like myself have been advocating for the past years. In the words of a black man that I read on a news feed one morning, I quote, not necessarily because I'm black, but because it's someone that's willing to listen to my issues and concern, end quote. I, like every black member who has walked away from the places where they loved and worshiped before God, just want someone to listen to the issues and concerns that need to be heard. But what if this never happens? What if the conversations and discussions are not held? Remember, Job didn't argue with his friends who accused him wrongly, God did. The Gentiles didn't argue or confront Peter, God did through Paul. What needs to be done with these Christian white nationalists, the white supremacists that are occupying our churches and pulpits, I assure you, God will do it. God humbles the proud. God will humble them as he has before and as he will continue to do. In the times that David ran from Saul and again from Absalom, he could no longer worship from the places where he had become accustomed to such devotion. Even though David never wanted either of these men's deaths, specifically sparing Saul's life twice and then giving the command not to kill Absalom, God intervened and brought those two men down. So will it be with those in the body of Christ today who are knowingly racist and divisive. God will intervene and bring them down. When one's heart is truly one of worship and praise, it's a difficult thing to walk away from the place where one has been established and being a part of that setting. And yet, when one's heart 
is truly one of worship and praise. He may walk away from the physical place, but never the spiritual. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is why it's so important that our praise, our worship, love, and adoration for God be in the spirit and not in the flesh. We cannot allow a place, a building, or even a people or circumstances to hinder our praise to the true and living God. We cannot place our worship and praise on hold while waiting for an apology that most likely will never come. For those who truly know God and are devoted to him, their praise and worship must be beyond a church door, a pastor, a great preacher, or even an anointed praise group or CD. We must, as Christians, true Christians, learn to worship as Jesus commanded in John 4. Yet, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. That time has come and is here now when we must worship God as he is and that is spirit. The father is seeking the kind of worshipers who worship him in the spirit and in truth. God is literally looking for, seeking for, searching out for those who worship him the way that he ordained and not in the way that is pleasing or approved of by man. As a very young Christian, I remember a time when I thought that if I didn't dance or jump or feel good, then the praise wasn't good. I remember so clearly God speaking to me saying, Beatrice, you don't praise me until you feel good. You praise me until I feel good. And how was I supposed to know when God felt good through my praises? It was when I could discern his presence in such a way where his presence became so tangible that all I could do was go on my face before him. I knew that God was accepting my praise when I was totally out of myself, out of flesh, in the spirit, and totally focused on him. In spite of not receiving apologies, conversations, or any type of acknowledgement of the racism that has driven many from their church homes, those same people have not been driven from the presence of God. If you were a true worshiper back then, then there's nothing stopping you from being a true worshiper now. If we worship in the spirit, then there's nothing to stop us from worshiping in the spirit now. On the other hand, if, the, if your worship of the Father is struggling because you're not in church, then perhaps you need to find out your purpose for attending church in the first place. Was it for God or man? Was it for the presence of the Father or your presence before people? Maybe it was for the fellowship with others. And to be perfectly honest, fellowship with others is okay. 
but never let it be a matter that our worship and praise is affected and averted from the Father because someone else is or is not present. The time has come and is now here that true worshipers are worshiping the Father in the spirit and in truth because they are the kind the Father seeks. And please know, when reading John 4, verses 23 through 24, when Jesus says, in the spirit, that word spirit is capitalized. It starts with a capital S. That means we must worship not just in our spirit, but in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. We must allow the Holy Ghost to worship through us. Selah. What did Jesus say in the 24th verse? God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. It's the same matter of hearing God. Because he is spirit, we cannot hear him in or with our flesh. We must learn to hear God the same way we worship him in the spirit. Don't allow the lack or absence of an apology or even a conversation to be the reason that our worship to the Father is not as it should be. It must be and will continue to be in the spirit and in truth. We must always be the worshipers that the Father seeks. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A M I. T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.